0: Remo, so the Oscars just happened. The Oscars
1: did just happen. Parasite won best picture, including best director and foreign film and screenplay deserves it. It is a revolutionary movie, um the first foreign film to win best picture and it's just it's extremely revolutionary besides the the whole story, the story's perfect, it's beautiful. It it hits you right in the gut. Um what else? Joker <laughs> I'm just happy that Joker did not monopolize like all like, cause it got, I think it was nominated for 10 or 11 Oscars. And I was really Damn. hoping that if, if it, if it didn't get like three or more, I would have been fine, but it won two for best score and best actor. So I I'm happy for that. And of course, Jojo rabbit, you know, I love it so much. It's a great movie. Best adapted screenplay beautiful those are those are the movies that i've been watching especially Mm -hmm. for winning oscars um ford versus friari for uh best sound mixing it's it's justice it's just i was pleased i'm happy Mm -hmm. for each movie that got their oscars no complaints here
0: what all in all it seems like a pretty (laughs) fair year for movies like it seems like all the movies that won were pretty deserving of them Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pod for the Planet. I'm Charles Olson.
1: I'm Ramel Pacheco.
2: I'm really sad that Andrew Yang dropped out. And Rob Johnson.
1: Rob Johnson dropped out.
0: I am Rob Johnson. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about uh, billionaires, uh, philanthropy, and why... Billionaires can't solve all of the problems in our world, even though it would be really nice if they could. Um, We have a special guest again, Rob Johnson. Hello. uh, Joining us. So why don't we just get into it? Uh, I came up with talking about this topic because uh, in the Democratic presidential primary race currently, uh, there are two billionaires who are vying... For that sweet, sweet spot against uh, Donald Trump. And one of whom is billionaire Tom Steyer, the man with only one tie. <laughs> and I, he is running on a platform to, he wants to fix climate change. Um, and I just thought that this was really interesting because uh, as we all know, I mean, we've all seen the memes where it's like, you know, save gas, eat a billionaire. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Um, is his main platform climate change? It is, yeah. His it, main platform is running against climate change. It
2: is really hard to believe that he's still in it. Yeah. At all, honestly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So it's Tom Steyer and Michael Bloomberg, who is also a huge philanthropist, uh, especially for environmental causes. He, a couple of years back, uh, donated some money to the sierra club's beyond coal campaign which is trying to like shift our country away from using coal for electricity production um so those were the two main reasons for why i thought we should talk about this issue and stuff um and i pulled up a couple of articles and i think it'd be cool if we just talked about like what are the problems that billionaires have talked about solving that we've seen before what are some of the things that you see um
1: Sorry,
2: take your time. I, I mean, I can. I mean, I feel like edit. it's literally everything. Like anything you could pick, something and someone's always said something about it about how oh we just need to do this, and if we just get enough public support to do this or that or this and that. But it's always the same call to action that
1: results in nothing. Usually, mm-hmm. it's like giving. It's like hey, I'm raising money to, or I'm giving flambe money to, like to End world hunger, mm-hmm. or like, um, uh, like putting money into like some form of education for some university, or like,
0: yeah,
2: you put down like five dollars, you felt good about yourself, but then you hear six months later, oh, wait, that was just a big scam, and they took like 80% of it to go to
1: the person that was running didn't, it. Didn't, didn't Jeff Bozos like, <laughs> 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 didn't he? donate money like quotations but like through some he was able to liquidate it and somehow so he like Mm -hmm. actually got money from donating
0: that's crazy
2: he essentially just donated to himself
1: oh my god that's
0: philanthropy in the country like it makes me think of like the gates foundation or like other like jeff bezos or warren buffett like Philanthropy goes on both sides, like both progressive uh, causes and more conservative causes. Um, one thing that's super interesting for me is like for like every progressive philanthropy dollar that's spent by a progressive billionaire or millionaire, like their your counterpart is doing the exact same thing in the opposite direction. And mm-hmm. it's it, it just seems to me to be like not an effective use of like one time or money or like the attention span of the greater public. Um, One thing that was super interesting to me that I was thinking about when we were driving before, um, I was thinking about superheroes and comic books, particularly Iron Man and Batman, and how they're both essentially just rich guys who were smart and could fight crime. Fight crime. crime. Exactly. Um, and I was thinking about how we in our society today, like, we really idealize wealthy people and we kind of look up to them as, like, they're going to be the people who, like, save Mm -hmm. us. Like, we look like Elon Musk. Like, we're like, hey, he's like Iron Man. He is the modern Iron Man. And I think that that's just the result of living in a capitalist society.
2: Because, in in basically, that's what the end product, in theory, is what we are all thought it's supposed to be. Success. And that's what we view Mm -hmm. as the pinnacle of success.
0: Yeah. Which, it's... It's... Worse that we are like our whole lives socialized into that to where we're just forced into being told that like, that we get to the end of it. Like this is a product, but in reality, especially in our country, like m- for most of us, we're never gonna get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the and philanthropy is a way for the people at the top to basically show the rest of us that, hey, I have this wealth, I'm using it for good reasons. I'm using it to give back to all of you who are below me let me do that, um, and there's a bunch of ethical flaws in that. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, you
2: cheat your entire way up to the top, and now it's like oh, I'll just sprinkle a little bit back down. I don't think that that's exactly making up for one thing and with
1: the other. Mm-hmm. What? So okay, back to Jeff Bozos. <laughs> um, it's it's hard to like imagine that like how how like how we can't sh- pay how... for hair extensions, right? that and like it's so crazy how like he started amazon off as like this really shitty like small yeah yeah. like this really shitty book site and i would think at least personally that if i started a really shitty book site and like i had hardly any bearings like this idea of like my shitty book site like not working is or like you know developing to something bigger is like Not happening. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to happen, but I keep on working and working. Eventually, it turns into this, like, multi-billion dollar... uh, Empire. 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 And now, it feels like he forgot where he came from. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. It's exactly like how Facebook was basically just primordial Tinder. Like, that's what it was created for.
0: Just to meet, like, just a... College people. Yeah,
2: it was just meet, for, like, college people to... Meet up with each other. I will think it actually wasn't originally supposed to be a dating site.
0: It's funny now
1: because Facebook owns Tinder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because Facebook now has a Tinder-esque, um, like dating oh, thing, thing. Now I, yeah. I did it. I didn't actually do it, but I was Back like, "What's to their this?" Roots. So I like, I I clicked on it, like to see what it was, and they I made a profile, and it's just like Tinder. And I was like, all right, this is not this is I'm leaving. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um,
0: I think it'd be helpful if we look back a little bit at like how philanthropy, at least in the United States, got its roots. Uh, uh the old yeah. Steelmeister. <sighs> Andrew Carnegie. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the if you go back to like the Gilded Age of American society post Civil War you have the titans of industry Andrew Carnegie John D Rockefeller um, Cornelius Vanderbilt and uh, at that time it was also a period of huge economic expansion but also huge growing wealth inequality the people who essentially were in control of all the resources and all of the labor at the time, uh, were acquiring vast fortunes. Um, John D. Rockefeller and his standard oil consolidated an entire industry uh, and at one point he was the richest man on earth. Uh, So at this point in time uh, there was growing wealth inequality and there was a growing movement across the country, the whole trust buster idea. Um, And This is where uh, the idea for philanthropic uh, givebacks uh, to the public came into play, whereas these titans of industry could donate money to create a library or to pay for a school or to build a dam Mm -hmm. or to do something for the public in a way to kind of appease them and make them seem to be less of a threat and make them to seem more inclined that the benefit of the wealthy is... Also, the benefit for the rest of the public. Um, so this is the context that our society and like modern capitalism
1: has been created with. Um, so philanthropy is just there to f- you're there to flex, basically. To Rockefeller Center, yeah.
2: I don't remember the name of the college, but the college from uh, the last lecture, you know that book, the uh, professor, the one that he taught at. It's like something C Mellon. The C is Carnegie. Carnegie. Mellon. Yeah. Yeah. It's Carnegie, oh, it is Mellon.
0: Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. There's the Carnegie Library. Um. There's oh, if you go around
1: Carnegie like, Hall. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. If you go around like a bunch of cities, you could find like something that has like the Rockefeller name or the Carnegie name.
2: I think it is kind of lost on people like the term Gilded Age, and what that really meant. They literally were
0: gold plating things. Yeah. Like they were just covering things in gold because the amount of wealth was ridiculous it was was, astronomical yeah
2: it was like great for the handful of people but it was just utter crap for everyone else Mm -hmm. if you didn't have a direct say in what was going on or a direct partnership with though that handful of people your hours were ridiculous you couldn't feed your family Mm -hmm. it was just a really awful
0: life for the majority of this country and if we continue with this like history lesson kind of um if, if you follow the Gilded Age up into World War One and then go to the Great Depression, you start to see that like growing wealth inequality, it just kept getting worse. And then the philanthropic ventures weren't enough to appease people. Uh, and then the Great Depression hit because the level of inequality and people weren't able to afford things and a whole host of other issues. It was a super complex event. I'm not mm-hmm. going to try to Over that buying, simplify it. was that term? Buying on... Margin? Buying on... I think it might have been buying on margin. Unclear. Yeah. We can Google it. Good old stock market. Um, But you hit the Great Depression, and FDR in and the, and the New Deal era comes in and it comes in with a whole host of economic reforms. I talk about this in our Green New Deal crash course actually about some of the labor reforms that happened uh, the fiscal policy that was changed and one of the major things that was changed was that the tax code was changed to a point where the top 1% of the earners were taxed at a 90% tax rate uh, which means that it gets super complex but they, at, were, taxed, yeah. Yeah, they were taxed at Uh, I believe it was 90%. 90%
2: for like the top whatever percent of their wealth, which it sounds like it's a lot, but in the comparison of how much money it is and how small of a percentage that's actually being taxed, it's Mm -hmm. really nothing.
0: Exactly. Um, And this change to the tax code affected that handful of people that was hoarding the 90% of the wealth Mm -hmm. in the country. Uh, And it was with that increased tax base that the government was able to pay for a lot of the programs that brought our country out of the depression and prepared us to be able to enter World War II and then to eventually be able to post-World War II grow into the powerhouse and the prosperity that our
2: grandparents grew up in. And then that big shot from Hollywood came along talking about how the immigrants are causing all the problems in the country and we got to Cut social spending. Hmm, mm-hmm. this is sounding a little familiar. However, economics. yeah.
0: Um, so we get to a point where, when Reagan comes into office, uh, it he at, when he starts his presidency, the for the top one percent, the marginal tax rate is fifty percent, and when he leaves, it's down to twenty eight percent, and ever since, it's steadily been declining, uh, for the top one percent. Um, and if anyone out there. Is listening, they probably hear me say top 1% like 30 times, and mm-hmm. I'm probably starting to sound like Bernie Sanders.
2: I think it's still a very powerful Bernie Sanders quote. I don't remember the exact position he was referring to, but it was that Bernie pays less in taxes than his secretary legally. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and this is an important thing that we're going to get to, but over the past, 40 years the wealthiest people in America have been paying less and less in taxes and over time statistics have shown that they've You've seen an increase in the amount of philanthropic money
1: that is being funded into different things um, But why what, why is that? Why is that so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna assume that's because of mo- money in politics Is that that's the is. answer? Okay. Citizens United
0: yeah, the Citizens United Court case uh, established that pri- that companies uh, uh, are able to... I remember. Yeah. That um, was like
2: the watershed moment where it's like they weren't hiding it anymore. It's, it was just out in the open. It had been steadily occurring for the past number of decades, but that just finally sealed it. Yeah. That it was legal. Um, and
0: since the amount of big money that was going into politics has been able to just reduce it, and you see with the tump... The tump... <clears throat> me, The Trump tax cut that was passed um, that the wealthiest Americans received a huge decrease in the amount of money that the government was taking from them while a bunch of the, the rest of us, essentially, were caught actually paying more in our taxes to the, the government. Working poor. Yeah. So uh, th- this is the context that we're at now where it, we have a government that is being not taxing a huge amount of wealth that's just being hoarded. Um, and these wealthy people are trying to, in the eyes of the public, make up for it by essentially donating to causes that they believe the, their supporters
2: believe in. Again, I forget the exact numbers here, but just per se... If you made a hundred dollars an hour, worked ten-hour days, I believe the number was it would take you fourteen hundred years to make your first billion.
0: Yeah, uh, we we don't realize like just how ridiculous a billion is. Like I'm writing it right now, a thousand.
2: There's a lot of zeros a million, in there. A
0: billion nine zeros. A trillion is twelve zeros. Like. That's a, a lot of money to be a multi-billionaire mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Um, and this gets into uh, the whole idea that uh, if the government isn't... Sorry. Let me back up. Trying to solidify the thought. Find comfort in silence. And edit out the silence. Do you guys have any questions to segue into the next part? What's the next part? Why they can't solve the
2: problems? So why don't we just have billionaires just solve all of our problems?
1: Why can't we have good people that are billionaires? What do you mean by good people? One that ones that have more moral standing.
0: Well. I that gets into the idea of what are the issues that we're trying to solve, and like, what does it mean
1: to be like have a good moral standing? So, if billionaires invested their money in like science and technology, Mm -hmm. for example, instead of just giving money to organizations, because I know that there's many organizations that like don't actually use the money, or at least Mm -hmm. a majority of the money goes into other people's pockets instead mm-hmm. of to just go back to the campaigns for a second. Think about
2: Bloomberg. He went on record and said, if I have to pay or cash out, or dough out, whatever the thing is a billion dollars, he said he would do it to get. The and presidency. it seems like that statement's going to hold true. Cause last I checked, he was over 300 million spent on his campaign out of his own pocket.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the, we, when we t- going back to talking about these numbers, uh, it doesn't, Billionaires are inherently, they are always going to, no matter how much money they donate. Let's say, let's say you or I, I have $20 in my wallet. It's my last $20. And I decide, you know what? I'm going to donate $5. It's not much. It's not that helpful, but it is a significantly, percentage wise, it is way more of my wealth being donated. To a cause that I care about. That theoretically, like ethically speaking, should have more of an impact. If a billionaire, let's say they have $1 billion and they donate a million of it. That is not the same percentage of their wealth. That is not the same portion of it. That's like what, 25% versus one hundredth of a percent? Exactly. So the the difference is billionaires, multiple, multi-billionaires can donate we see them donating like orders of like hundreds of million dollars, which is great. Like that's awesome. But a billion is a thousand million. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's like, that's, that's the level that they're playing on. And at that point, even if they're good and they're donating to causes that we, that are helpful and beneficial to the rest of society, they still will hoard their wealth and invest in things that will ensure that they keep their wealth. In order to actually solve the problems, especially a complex problem like climate change where it has multiple aspects to it and it can't simply just be solved by money being thrown at it, a better solution to it is to just have a government deal with it or multiple governments deal with it because like the government is supposed to be... A reflection of what the people want the almost like a
2: uniting of the nations of sorts
1: huh
0: sort of yeah nations united together
1: what a marvel concept but then you get into the whole like government infringing on people's like their use of of their, their money. money don't so.
2: tread on me yeah, yeah
1: something like that right <laughs> well it's
0: the other thing is is i i brought up the whole example of like A poor person like us, like donating five dollars out of their out of their wallet, versus a rich person, a wealthy person donating a hundred million, because it's we see that like there are tax incentives for us to donate to like at the end of every tax season. You're like, hey, how much money did you donate last year? And it's you get some money back, but for wealthier people, because the same rate applies to them they can get a bigger tax incentive and it doesn't even matter too much from them. And we end up, a majority of Americans, an overwhelming majority of Americans, end up paying money to the government anyway. If we wanted to theoretically like ensure that all people or working class Americans like us had more control over their money, we would want to make more money going into the tax system if there's more money in the tax system then people at, everyone would have to pay less
2: it's not like it's it, a, it's it, like simple math it, yeah
0: it comes off as a, well
2: they're just going to take more of my money yeah money you were going to spend on the exact same thing that
0: was probably going to
2: be at a higher rate anyway
0: yeah, exactly um ethically speaking it's wealthy people donating their money to causes that they believe in like that's great like everyone should feel compelled to believe in a cause and do whatever they can yeah like the koch brothers (laughs) donating to the iraq war well uh i'm I'm not going to condone that necessarily (laughs) um but i i think it's important to emphasize that i just think that it's also important to note that we in america we tend to value the fact that like Wealthy people worked for their money. And, and I, I think this is something that we like need to talk about. If you or I, we go to work, we go to do something, I don't know, we go work at a restaurant or whatever, and we get a paycheck at the end of the week or whatever how much money we make in the year, and that a portion of that gets taken out in taxes. And it tends to be a lot, and it really sucks. And nobody likes taxes. Like Everybody hates taxes. If a wealthy person were to go to work, their work day doesn't consist of them actually doing work. Like their work day consists of them being smart and really good at getting other people to do work and create value. Mm-hmm. No matter the industry that you're in, no matter what you're talking about, like they are not putting in the same amount of work as someone who's working on in Oil rig, or someone who is working at a supermarket, or someone Trolling who's a Petroleum engineering. Yeah, like 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 you could pick any job that's like not a CEO, like any job that you're like actually doing and working and making an honest living.
2: At all underwater welding.
0: Yeah, li- literally anything, no matter the industry, and I bet money that that person will have paid more in taxes than a CEO of a major corporation or the corporation itself. Amazon paid $0 in taxes. I had to pay $400 last year. I make no, I make under $15,000. How did like, like that math realistically in the United States shouldn't work and problems like climate change, which have issues that you need, not just 10 rich people, to change, to throw money at it, but you need people to change their habits, and you need rich people to change their habits. Like a much better use of Bloomberg's money instead of supporting the Beyond Coal campaign would be to change all of his businesses to renewable energies or to invest in different things. You know what I'm what I'm getting at, though. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean
2: to throw you on the spot, but do you know how tax brackets work in European
0: countries? The, a progressive tax rate versus a... Yes. Uh, oh, what's the other word? Not regressive. It's... One sec, let's Google it.
2: Because I know they always end up averaging more than us, but it's for so many more programs that they don't have to put money into that we still do. Yeah. So we end up actually spending more money. We just don't realize it because we're not paying it
0: directly to the government. So a progressive tax, and just reading the definition here, uh, progressive tax is a tax in which the tax rate increases at the taxable amount increases. So the more money that a person makes, the more they'll pay in taxes. So it's kind of like the whole stare thing where it's between 0 and 10,000 you're at a 0% mm-hmm. tax rate and then at 10,000 you're at 15%, at 20,000 you go to 25%, at 30 you go up to 35 and then it keeps and then it goes flattens off. Um this is considered typically at least we talked a little bit about environmental ethics, I believe, uh progressive payment forms, how it's supposed to be instead of like an equal playing field, it creates an equitable playing field, right? where it makes it like everyone's paying their fair share, realistically. Um, we technically in the United States have a progressive tax system, I believe. It's just very skewed <laughs> at when it begins to plateau, uh, at when the top earners begin to have loopholes and stuff where they can get out of it. Um, so that's where we see a lot of that coming in to play. Um,
1: what do we do to fix it? To fix what? Take all the money. We, oh,
2: I was I was so lost for a second there. We get <laughs> wait, the, what are we doing again?
1: We get the we get the team back together for one last job. One last job. We infiltrate. Isn't that what? Ant, yeah, that's what Ant Man did. Remember the movie? They got the team back together for one last job. No, I mean before that. In mean? the big, he got in. The reason why he was in jail, because of the bank. No, he stole money from, like, a, like a oh, few yeah, billionaires. They ran a, um, and then yeah. he, and then he, he redistributed, it? Tri- yeah. I don't, I didn't remember that. At yeah. All. yeah, that's why oh. that's how he got in jail in the first place. Damn,
0: good for Ant Man. Yeah, Ant Man, the Robin Hood guy. Hmm. Wow. Um. I think.
2: Is that the answer? Is it Robin Hood? Yeah. Just throw on our green tights <laughs> and we just go and. So their houses and then I.
0: <laughs> I want to <laughs> emphasize that like the problems we face, be it climate change, be it uh, medical issues, be it healthcare, be it breakthroughs in science and technology. um, These are all problems that require one, like large investments of time, but also people, like people need to care about these things. And when philanthropists just throw money at it or fund other companies or whatever, I don't think that that really gets to the point of ensuring, like, how problems get solved. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, One theory that I believe in a lot is the cornucopian theory of
1: population (laughs) dynamics, which is... The more brains there are, the more thinkers we have. Exactly. And the more thinkers we have, the more problem solvers we have. It's so nice to think about. And it's
0: filled with fruits and vegetables and gourds and shit. Like the people's minds. Are we Thanksgiving?
2: It's kind of funny (laughs) Uh, when you start looking into like an anthropological perspective. I believe his name is Geertz. Uh, Talked about... Was it Geertz? Let's go with Engel K. I believe it was Angle K. Um, and the theory was talking about um, money, actually. And money as it pertains to values and our systems of exchange and reciprocity. And how money in its own nature kind of threw everything into a loop. As opposed to just this for that. It added an extra dimension of impersonal. Mm-hmm. Um like, it doesn't really matter where that money came from, or just that I want it, I want more of it. And it just, it, it was less this for that, and now this, and I want more of this, and still more of this. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't hold the same weight as what we used to do in a system of bartering and trading. It wasn't about, hey, I need this, so I'll give you this. It became just. Essentially, it was the start of the hoarding of wealth ever since the very inception of currency Hmm. because of this extra removed dimension into a further, more impersonal
1: system. Mm -hmm. So we go back to bartering, Of course. Let's
0: do it. Full send. uh, Turn the clocks back. Burn down the farms. 10,000 years. We're going back to pastoralism, people. Let's do it. I'm going to go buy a cow and a goat and... Live off the so, land. So if bartering... The cattle mystique.
1: So if bartering was... Let's say bartering continues today. How will I, how will I acquire an iPhone? You would trade all of the things that I have.
0: Yeah. Everything you own. The cornucopian theory, what I brought it up for... <laughs>
1: uh,
2: yeah, I'm not saying that money is like <laughs> the inherently... um like a bad system I love like it money. makes obviously there there really would not be any other way to do it in the way that we set up our current society but why is that because we set up the society in a, a society in yeah. which money was the premise
0: of it we, we live in, in a society th- the only way is to break the society but the corner the wheel. Theory? fulfill <laughs> Danny's <laughs> dream <laughs> oh, Daenerys Targaryen uh the Stormborn, Mother of Dragons. She didn't Breakers deserve that ending. Fuck that show. Um, yeah. The I, I brought it up because I think that philanthropists, if they continue doing it the in the current system, they're not actually going to make any change that's long-lasting and reproducing. Um, the best way to actually do that is to take the wealth that they are hoarding and give it to the rest of the people and try to create a more equitable playing field where more people can go about getting an education, living healthier lives, being more productive, and contributing more to society.
1: Invest in the middle
0: class. Now, Exactly refute refute this point from my boomer parent.
2: Um, So when you say that, making the equitable playing field, does that inevitably hurt the whole? If more people have access to college, does that not, uh, what's the word, water down the weight of what it means to have a college education if everyone now has access to it? See, the
0: the problem with the whole watering down idea of it is that, is that that is inherently like a capitalist framework where it's that it would only be watered down if it benefits the people at the top Who want to ensure that people keep vying for more and more, and that the wheel keeps turning? Essentially, it's the whole idea of the treadmill of production uh, and the infinite growth paradigm, where we have to continue to grow, continue to do bigger and better things. Uh, The bringing people up and hurting the whole—that's not what we've seen. Like this isn't the ideas that we're talking about today and cutting back on the amount of wealth that's hoarded at the top of our society that's not new like that's exactly what happened right out like right around the new deal and world after world war ii like the society that the boomers grew up in was a product of that more equitable playing field and Infrastructure development, Eisenhower's high, highway system, all of that stuff happened because the federal government, the space race, all of this, like like all of those great big things that we did, the massive achievements that we had were because the wealth inequality was at the lowest point ever in the history of society. It's not crazy to say that the current model is unsustainable and that. Inequality in all of history. As inequality grows, this whole system starts to break down, and it'll get to a point where we can decide to do something about it ahead of time before it becomes an actual issue, or it'll just become a huge issue, and you know, we'll eat the bodies of billionaires. Yeah, you know what was also, lunch, also proposed
2: dinner. there during that time—that great period of equity, what good old freedom dividend by Martin Luther King. R.I.P.
1: Yang Gang campaign.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Yang Gang. Um,
1: I'm still voting for him.
0: Oh, you're gonna write in hashtag write in, in Harambe. Bay. Hashtag write <laughs> in Harambe. Oh my goodness.
1: <sighs> okay. Hey, you know Yang Gang. Yang was a goth, so I have to.
0: He was your goth boyfriend.
1: We have to. Stay he was him. a. Have you seen the pictures?
0: I have seen the pictures. Okay. Um, this has been great, I love this.
1: And I
0: think this is summed up best by Hassan Minaj in his show Patriot Act on Netflix. Here's the clip. There's always gonna be rich people. And they're always gonna have money to donate. That's the dilemma. People in the penthouse are giving huge amounts to charity. Awesome. But they're also shaping society without our consent. Not awesome. And as long as there are people with so much money and so much power, we'll have no say. The only real solution here is making sure that they're not that rich in the first place. That means closing loopholes, more IRS oversight, and especially taxing that ass. (laughs) Otherwise, we're just waiting around for the billionaires to save us. And
1: as you can see... (laughs) They don't always
0: get it right. I want to thank you both for podding with me today.
1: It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Charles.
0: Um, Thank you for listening to another episode of Pod for the Planet. If you enjoyed this episode, as I'm sure you did, please give us a rating, drop a comment, and subscribe to the show if you don't already. Um, We will see you next time.
1: Bye.